0: My name is Rick Renner, and I'm in Jerusalem in the northeast area of the Temple Mount. And right in this very area in the first century was the fortress of Antonia, a huge complex that housed many, many Roman soldiers and eventually became the palace of Pilate in Jerusalem. And Jesus was brought here in this area to be judged. And these stones are silent witnesses of that event. And the Bible tells us that Pilate did not want to be guilty of condemning Jesus. In fact, after he interrogated Jesus, listen to what Pilate said in Luke chapter 23, verse 4. Then Pilate to the chief priests and to the people said, I find no fault in this man. Pilate said there's no charge to bring against him. He has done nothing wrong. But listen to the response of the people in verse 5. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirred up the people teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. And when Pilate heard of Galilee, hmm, he asked whether or not the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that Jesus belonged under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem, at that time. Well, not far from here was the palace of Herod. Herod's palace had been built by his father, Herod the Great. This was now Herod Antipas, who was ruler over Galilee, and Jesus was from Galilee. So when Pilate heard that Jesus was a Galilean, he said, oh, here's a loophole. I don't find this man guilty, yet the people and the chief priests want me to charge him. Rather than deal with this mess myself, I'm gonna send him across town to Herod. It's really Herod's problem. That's Herod's jurisdiction. I'm going to let Herod deal with it. And Jesus was taken to Herod, and then Herod had his moment when he literally mocked the king of glory. Eventually, Jesus was sent back to Pilate, and Pilate had Jesus scourged in this very place. But Pilate looked for a loophole. Pilate knew that according to the law, Jesus was not guilty. But Jesus' death had been foreordained. Even though Pilate said he's not guilty, he eventually was nonetheless charged. It was all a part of the plan. God has a plan for you. God's plan for you is going to come to pass. Today we're gonna talk about the plan of God for
1: all of our lives. Stay with me. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. I'm so glad you've joined me for today's program. We're going to have a
0: great time today looking at Pontius Pilate and the events around Pilate and the execution of Jesus. It's really going to be something else. And I believe that you're going to learn something brand new. I'm speaking to you from my new series called Unknown Facts About the Death, Burial, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's 25 parts based on these programs, but it comes with a tremendous study guide. The study guide has all the Greek words and the definitions, the points, the principles, the Bible verses, questions for you to reflect on. It is amazing what is invested in this series. And really, it's a result of my own personal search. Year after year, I heard the same message at Easter. And I was grateful to hear the same message every year, but I began to wonder, is there more to the story? Why do we always hear the same thing? So I began to dig through the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and what I extracted just amazed me. There is so much to the story I had never heard. And that's why I call this Unknown Facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if you want to really grow in your understanding and appreciation of what Jesus went through for you and for me, get this series. I believe it will take you somewhere brand new in your faith. We're also offering you my book, which is called Paid in Full, an in-depth look at the defining moments of Christ's passion. This book really is a treasure. I've been reading it today. It's ministering to me and I wrote it, so I know it's gonna be a blessing to you. The back of the book says, a revolutionary look at the story you thought you knew You think you know what happened, but there's so much more. Paid in full is a riveting account of Jesus' final hours. It is just amazing. And today I'm going to begin by reading to you a few paragraphs from page 136. Today, I call this teaching, Pilate looks for a loophole. Pilate did not want to execute Jesus. He did not want to be guilty of that charge. And when we come to page 136 and paid in full, I write, Pilate had never had a problem with causing bloodshed in the past. So it seems strange that he balked at the thought of crucifying Jesus. As governor and the chief legal authority of the land, Pilate had been invested by Rome with a power to decide who would live and who would die. This Roman governor, Pilate, was famous for his cold-hearted, insensitive and cruel style of leadership and had never found it difficult to order the death of a criminal until now. And this for Pilate was very difficult. There was something inside Pilate that recoiled at the idea of crucifying Jesus. Why? Why did he recoil from this? And what did he do to try to get out of it? That's what we're going to see today. And we're going to begin Matthew 27, verse 2, very quickly review what we covered in the last program. And in Matthew chapter 27, verse 2, we find that after the temple police had abused Jesus terribly, terrible what they had done to Jesus, then they delivered Jesus to Caiaphas and to the religious leaders. And Caiaphas and the religious leaders who were with him that night struck Jesus, hit Jesus, slapped Jesus, They spit on Jesus. They cursed at Jesus. just horrible how these religious men acted behind closed doors. It is unthinkable the way they treated the Son of God. And then when they were finished with all of that abuse, they wrapped a rope around his neck and led him like an animal to Pilate to be butchered. That's what the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 2. Listen to what it says. And when they, that's the religious leaders and the temple police, had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. That word delivered is a Greek word paradidomi, which means to commit, to yield, to command, to transmit, to transfer, to deliver, or to hand someone or something over to someone else. It was their way of saying, Pilate, we're making this man your problem. And when they transferred Jesus into the hands of Pilate, they gave Pilate a very serious dilemma, very serious. They left Pilate with the responsibility either to let Jesus go free or to crucify him. And in Matthew 27, verse 11, the Bible says, and Jesus stood before the governor. That is, he stood before Pontius Pilate. And the governor, or Pilate, asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? Pilate began interrogating Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, Thou sayest. Jesus did not directly answer the question. Jesus let this question pass by. The Bible tells us in Matthew 27 verse 12 that the religious leaders who were standing there were so upset they began to ask him questions. And he was accused of the chief priests and elders. And again, he answered nothing. So the first charge is brought against Jesus. Jesus does not answer the question. Then the chief priests and the elders begin to accuse Jesus. He answers nothing. Twice he has passed the opportunity to defend himself. Then the Bible tells us in Matthew 27, verse 13 to 14, Then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? Already two charges have been brought against Jesus. Two. This is very important. Now a third time, Pilate's going to bring a charge. Hearest thou not how many things they witness against thee? And he, that's Jesus, answered him not a word. Three times Jesus has passed the opportunity to defend himself. Jesus is absolutely silent in the face of his accusers. And the Bible says the governor marveled greatly. The word marveled. Being the Greek word thalmazo, it describes one who is shocked, amazed, baffled, at a loss of words, completely bewildered. So when the Bible says that the governor marveled greatly, it literally means Pilate was at a loss of words. He had never seen anything like this. Here Jesus has the opportunity to defend himself, and he does not. And Pilate was especially marveling about this because Pilate knew the law, and he knew that Jesus knew the law. And Roman law said that every accused person had three opportunities to defend himself. If the accused did not speak up and defend himself three times, then the accused would be automatically charged guilty. So according to Roman law, Jesus should automatically be charged guilty because he's had three opportunities to defend himself, and he has not defended himself. Matthew 27, 11, Jesus passes up the first opportunity. Matthew 27, 12, He passes up the second opportunity. Matthew 27, verse 14, Jesus passes up the third opportunity. According to law, Jesus should automatically be charged as guilty. But Pilate continued to interrogate Him. And in Luke, chapter 23, verse 3, Pilate asked Him again, art thou the king of the Jews?" And Jesus answered him and said, "'Thou sayest it.'" It's the equivalent of saying that's what you say, and you are correct. Now, normally that would get Jesus in trouble, except Jesus added something, which is recorded in John chapter 18, verse 36. And in John 18, verse 36, Jesus added, "'However my kingdom is not of this world.'" If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. In other words, I'm a king, but my kingdom is of another dimension. And after hearing these answers, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 23, verse 4, Then Pilate said to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. The word fault means no actionable cause. I find no reason to charge this man as guilty. I find no fault in this man. And in fact he was so convinced that Jesus was not guilty that John 19:12 says, "And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him." The word sought means to aggressively seek. He really was investigating in a way what could he do to release Jesus and that he himself would get out of this mess. Pilate was seeking a loophole to get out of the problem himself and to avoid punishing Jesus. The religious leaders had a strategy. They wanted to get rid of Jesus. That was their plan. And if possible in the process, also get rid of Pilate. They didn't like Pilate. Pilate had ruled them cruelly, brutally for 10 years. This was a man that had shed a lot of blood, Pilate didn't like the Jews, the Jews didn't like him, and they would love to get rid of Pilate. So they concocted a plan to get rid of Jesus and if possible, in the same process, get rid of Pilate. Remember that many times when Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders, he called them vipers. They were like snakes. And here we find they're acting like snakes, working an evil plan to get rid of Jesus and in the process to also get rid of Pontius Pilate. What was the plan? Well, there were three things they were trying to do. Number one, they wanted to see Jesus judged by the Roman court, which would ruin his reputation and guarantee his crucifixion, and it would vindicate them in the eyes of the people. And to make sure that happened, they falsified charges against Jesus, and they brought two serious political charges against Jesus. Charge number one, That Jesus encouraged the people to withhold their taxes. That's not true, but that's a charge they brought against Jesus. Charge number two that Jesus claimed to be king. This was very serious. If these two charges could be proved, Jesus would be executed. He would be executed. Number one, for encouraging the people to withhold their taxes. Number two, for claiming to be a rival king to the Roman emperor. These were serious charges. And if they could prove these charges or convince Pilate that it was true, it would guarantee that Jesus would be judged, Jesus would be condemned, Jesus would be executed, and this would vindicate them and make them look better in the eyes of the people. Number two, they wanted to see Pilate removed from power on the charge that he was unfaithful to the Roman emperor because he would not crucify a man who claimed to be a rival king. Think about it. If Pilate refused to crucify Jesus, it would give the Jewish leaders the ammunition they needed to prove Pilate should be removed from power because he was unfaithful to the Roman emperor. If he didn't crucify Jesus, if he allowed Jesus to continue to live and to function, and Jesus was claiming to be a rival king, then it would mean Pilate was unfaithful to the emperor in Rome. This was the ammunition the Jewish leaders were looking for to find a reason for Pilate to be removed from power. News would have quickly reached Rome that Pilate permitted a rival king to live and Pilate would have been charged with treason. It was a charge that would have led to Pilate's own death or banishment. If Jesus went free, it guaranteed Pilate would ultimately be removed from power. So number one, they were hoping to see Jesus judged, condemned, and crucified. Number two, if Pilate let Jesus go free, they were hoping this would get Pilate in trouble and Pilate would be removed from power. Number three, ultimately, they were planning to take Jesus back to the Sanhedrin court anyhow, where they had the religious authority to judge him and stone him to death because he claimed to be the Son of God. They had the religious authority to stone Jesus to death for claiming to be the Son of God. And if Pilate refused to kill Jesus, they intended to kill him anyway. And in the process, they would kill Jesus, and they would also get rid of Pilate. Do you see what snakes they were? No wonder Jesus called them vipers. That's what Jesus called them. The trip to Pilate's court was simply designed to turn Jesus' arrest into a political catastrophe to get rid of Pilate. They weren't just after Jesus. They were after Pilate too. But the solution to the whole mess was very easy. All Pilate had to do was say, crucify him, crucify him. If Pilate just crucified him, he would satisfy the religious leaders. He would absolve himself of the charge of treason against Rome. All Pilate had to do was simply say, crucify him and the mess would be over. It would all be finished. But Pilate couldn't do it. He just couldn't bring himself to do it. He gave Jesus three opportunities to defend himself and Jesus didn't open his mouth, which agrees With Isaiah 53, verse 7, which speaks of Jesus and says, As a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus did not defend himself. And yet, Pilate could not bring himself to execute Jesus. Even though it put Pilate himself in jeopardy, he just could not bring himself to execute Jesus. I asked in the last program, did Pilate see something In Jesus' eyes? Or was there something about Jesus' behavior that grabbed his heart? Or maybe Pilate knew that Jesus had already been put through such abuse, and yet Jesus was so kind. There was something about Jesus that grabbed Pilate, and Pilate recoiled from the idea of executing Jesus. But when Pilate discovered, listen, when he discovered that Jesus was from Galilee, wow, this was good news. This was the loophole that would let Pilate out of this mess because Galilee was under the jurisdiction of Herod and Herod just happened to be in town at the moment for the Passover. Herod was in town. And if Jesus was from Galilee, it means Herod ought to be handling this mess, not Pilate. And when Pilate heard that Jesus was from Galilee, he said, great news. And the Bible tells us he immediately sent Jesus across down to the palace where Herod was residing so Herod could deal with the issue. He found a loophole to get out of the mess. And in Luke chapter 23, verse 8, the Bible tells us, And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceeding glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because that he'd heard many things of him and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Now in the next program, we're going to see who is this Herod and who was the family of all the Herods, which Herod was this and why was he so desirous? To see Jesus for a long season, what had he heard about Jesus? And you're going to find that Jesus' power was simply legendary. Jesus' story was legendary, especially to the Herod family. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was so excited, he was euphoric. He had longed to meet Jesus and to see Jesus, the Bible says, for a long season. And he demanded, ultimately, that Jesus perform a miracle for him, and Jesus refused. Jesus refused. Herod became furious, and Herod and his bodyguards, his armed soldiers, they began to mock Jesus. They began to abuse Jesus. Can you imagine what Jesus went through? First of all, Jesus was abused by his own disciple Judas, who betrayed him. Then he was abused by the soldiers that held him. Then he was abused by Caiaphas and the religious leaders. Then he was sent to Pilate. Pilate didn't know what to do with him. Pilate himself was in a trap. Pilate now hears that Jesus is from Galilee, so he sends Jesus over to see Herod, who has legal jurisdiction of Galilee. Herod gets upset with Jesus, so Herod and his bodyguards abuse Jesus. And they're so upset with Jesus because Jesus will not perform a miracle on demand that they send Jesus back across town to Pilate, and Pilate ends up with a problem again. Pilate cannot seem to get away from the problem. I don't know if you've ever felt abused or passed around from one authority to another authority. People don't know what to do with you, so they keep shipping you from one place to another place or one department to another department or from one person to another person. Well, if that's what you feel Jesus understands, that's exactly what Jesus went through when he was tried before Pilate, then Herod, then shipped back to Pilate. Wow, it is amazing what happened to Jesus that night. Hebrews 4, verse 15 and 16. Listen to what it says. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet was without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Jesus faced everything that we face. And if you feel you've been abused and shipped around and shipped from one person to another, go to Jesus. He went through that. He was tempted in every way like you. And if you go to the throne of grace, this verse promises you'll find grace to help you in your time of need. That's Jesus. And Jesus is here right now to help you if you'll call out to him in faith. Not just call out to him, but in faith asking him to help you in a difficult moment. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going
1: to pray for you. From the courtyard of Pilate to the hill of Calvary, every step Jesus took on that Good Friday, he had you in mind. The Bible says Jesus died so our debt could be paid in full. In his book, Paid in Full, Rick Renner guides you through the details of Jesus' final hours on earth. In every page, you will gain a unique glimpse into the human and divine significance of each encounter and conversation along Christ's journey from Gethsemane to Golgotha. In Paid in Full, you'll discover that this striking narrative of love and redemption is much more than the story taught in Sunday school. This powerful book can be yours for just $15 when you call or go online today. You can also get unknown facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. In this 25-part teaching series, Rick provides information you've probably never heard about the world's most famous story, along with new insights into the heart, emotions, and humanity of Jesus' final days on earth. Available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $40, you can discover the power of the cross and the plan to forgive mankind of sin like never before. Don't miss this special offer, paid in full, and unknown facts about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Call now or go to renner.org.
2: Jorgen are coming to you from Moscow, Russia. And I want to tell you how your support is impacting thousands of people right here in Moscow. All around the world, people are living longer, and many elderly people in Moscow are left helpless and lonely. Loneliness is a terrible thing. No one should be left to die in loneliness. But because of your financial support, we're able to reach these wonderful people. Each week, we hold a concert for this great generation. After the concert, we invite these people to stay for a Bible study where they hear about Christ. Through these events, thousands of people have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior in the sunset years of their lives. Now, not only are they finding community overcoming their loneliness, but they're finding hope. They're finding Jesus. Would you consider joining us as a partner today? With your support, we're able to reach even more of these precious people. No one should die lonely. More importantly, no one should die without the opportunity to know Jesus. With your support, we're able to reach these people. Right from your home, you can help us help others by becoming a partner and a part of the solution. Please call us or go online to wino.org. Your generous support makes a difference. Please call or go online right now.
0: It has been such a pleasure to share the Word of God with you today and to look at the story of all the events that happened that night before Pilate and Herod and back to Pilate. My goodness, Jesus was just shipped from one authority figure to another authority figure. No one knew what to do with Jesus. Everybody was trying to get out of a mess. And in the process, Jesus is the one who was being abused. That's why he's able to help anyone that's in a difficult position. If you've ever been through abuse... Or if you've ever felt that you've just been shipped from one authority figure to another or one department to another department, nobody seems to know what to do with you, and you feel like you're stuck in the middle of all of it, Jesus understands completely that is what he went through. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, "...let us come therefore boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy." and find grace to help in time of need if that's the situation you find yourself in today jesus understands and if you'll come to him in faith if you'll come to his throne you'll find help in the time of your own need jesus is there right now father in the name of jesus i thank you for your divine assistance which is available for every person that is in a difficult, tight place. We pray for your grace to swing into action to help them get through this time in Jesus' name. I want to remind you that I'm offering you my series called Unknown Facts About the Death, Burial, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ. Order it. It will really make a difference in your Easter season. And I'm also offering you my book called Paid in Full, an in-depth look at the defining moments of Christ's passion this is a tremendous treasure. Thank you for being with me today. I want to remind you of Ecclesiastes 8:4. It says where the word of a king is, there's power. It's true. Let God's word release its power in your life today. And I'll see you in the next program.
1: Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, Please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.